0: Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast, presented by BYU Speeches, featuring BYU devotionals and forums specially curated to accompany your weekly Come Follow Me studies. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts. This devotional address, entitled The Great Plan of Our God, was given on October 30th of 2007 by L. Tom Perry, then a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ
1: of Latter-day Saints. In the 14th chapter of the book of Luke, we find a great multitude following the Savior to hear His message. We read, For which of you intend to build a tower— sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost whether you have sufficient to finish it, lest happily, after you have laid the foundation, you are not able to finish it. All that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. I am afraid I find all too often those in life's experiences We're just leaving them to chance. Yes, I even find some of the students here when I talk to them about their major. I say, what are you majoring in? I get a blank look on their face and they say, (laughs) oh, I haven't decided yet. I'm just filling groups. I found a great answer for this in a comic, comic strip recently in a Sunday paper. Dennis and his playmates were gathered around one speaks let us pretend that i'm the teacher and you're the student dennis replies oh that's a stretch the teacher responds let us then draw a picture of what we want to be when we grow up okay who's first one speaks up i'm going to be a fireman the second a soccer player the third a ballerina of course and they ask dennis what about you I don't even know what I'm going to be for Halloween, he replies. (laughs) I'm afraid too many of you are in that that vein, not thinking more than past Halloween. If you want a real example of planning, I want you to turn to the Scriptures. See how carefully the Lord laid out His guide for His children here for their eternal destiny. Perhaps for an example, if you follow His careful planning, It might motivate us to give more energy to spending time sufficiently to plan what we want to accomplish with our mortal experience here. The Lord introduced to Moses the great planning process for his children, he declared, For behold, this is my work and my glory, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. His great plan, which included the atoning sacrifice of our Savior, was to provide immortality for every soul that lived on earth, and then the gift by the power of the priesthood to those that would adhere to his plan, life eternal, the greatest gift God has given to his children. Nephi declared, Oh, how great the plan of our God! In Moses we read, And now, behold, I say unto you, this is the plan of salvation unto all men through the blood of mine only begotten, who shall come in the meridian of time. As we follow the course of scriptures, we find abundance reference to the Lord's plan, which He will accomplish for His children here on earth. The history of this process and following that plan certainly testifies to its completeness and its consistency. We read in the scriptures of the great council in heaven being held in which Satan came forward, that Satan whom thou hast commanded in the name of my only begotten, the same which was formed from the beginning. He came before me, saying, Here am I, send me. I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind that not one soul be lost, and surely I will do it. Therefore, give me thine honor. But that was not the Lord's plan. For behold, my beloved Son, which was my beloved and chosen from the beginning, said unto me, Father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. In the Lord's plan, we have the opportunity of accepting or rejecting, One gives us the blessings of immortality and eternal life. The other gives us challenges as we go forward. As we follow the history of man's sojourn here on earth, you must be impressed of how careful the Lord has planned for his children during the time that they would have this mortal experience. The periods of time the Lord has instructed his children with his gospel plan has been divided into dispensations. A gospel dispensation is a period of time in which the Lord has at least one authorized servant on earth who bears the holy priesthood. When the Lord organizes a dispensation, the gospel is revealed anew that the people of that dispensation will not have to be dependent on a past dispensation for the knowledge they receive of the plan of salvation. As we review the dispensations of time, a special lesson seems to be included in each one that we can apply to our ultimate destiny. The first dispensation begins with Adam. The Lord created man and Eve and placed them on earth and gave them the opportunity to choose. They were commanded not to partake of the fruit of the tree of good and evil. For they were told that surely they would be cast out of the garden if they would partake. But by partaking, they were given the opportunity of having mortality. They selected mortality. The fall was not a disaster. It was not an accident. It was a deliberate part of the Lord's plan of salvation. We were sent here to become offspring of the Lord, innocent of Adam's transgression. Yet our Father's plan subjected us to temptation and misery of a fallen world as a price to comprehend authentic joy. Without tasting the bitter, we would never be able to know the sweet. We required mortals, mortalities, discipline, and refinement for our next step in our development to become more like our Father. He was going to guide us through this experience by foreordaining prophets who had come to the earth to testify of our Savior and His divine plan and His mission. Adam was the first of these prophets. They heard a voice of the Lord and initiated a pattern of dispensations that would follow. That great event is recorded, and Adam in that day blessed God and was filled and began to prophesy concerning all the families on the earth, saying, Blessed be the name of God, for because of my transgression my eyes are opened, and in this life I shall have joy. And again in the flesh I shall see God. Adam presided over the first dispensation. He was called the father of all living. Adam stands as one of the noblest and greatest of all men. He received the priesthood and was appointed head of the human family. From him, we have the beginning of mortal life. What does this first dispensation teach us? That all men are literally spiritual offspring of a heavenly father. They were born into mortality. They receive physical bodies. These bodies are created in the image of, of God, as Genesis tells us. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God created he them. Male and female created he them, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowls of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. We are promised if we receive the necessary ordinances, keep the co- covenants, and obey God's commandments, we will enter into exaltation and become more like him, the Father of all. In third Nephi, we received our charge. What manner of men ought ye to be? Verily I say unto you, even as I am. In this first dispensation, we learn that we're sons and daughters of an eternal Father and have the right of communicating with Him through prayer and receive answers and inspiration and revelation from Him. Include in in your life's plan should be a constant and regular commission to call on the Father of all and receive instruction from Him. The second dispensation is is that of Enoch. The Bible states that Enoch walked with God. He established the city of Zion, which became a powerful symbol of righteousness that we can obtain to on earth as well as in heaven. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, next in line was the dispensation of Noah. He lived in times of great wickedness. He cried to the people to repent, but they would not heed his words. The failure to heed the cries of Noah caused the Lord to send a great flood, which came upon those hearers who would not listen and hearken to Noah's words. And only Noah and his family were saved. Thus Noah followed Adam in becoming the father of all living. Now the second and third dispensations teach us a great lesson of the result of the practices of choosing good over evil. Enoch and all that were with him marked the second great dispensation. And look how mightily they were blessed because they followed a righteous course. In the third dispensation, the people would not follow Noah and found destruction that follows sin. One of my favorite parts of the scripture has been reading King Benjamin, gathering the people together to hear his voice, realizing that now he was an old man and he would soon pass through the veil. He wanted them to hear and listen to his words as the final instruction from this beloved king. Some of the words that he spake are recorded in the book of Messiah. I tell you these things that you may learn wisdom, that ye may learn that when you're in the service of your fellow beings, you're only in the service of your God. And behold, all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments. And he has promised you that if you would keep his commandments, you should prosper in the land. And he doth never vary from that which he has said. Therefore, if you do keep his commandments, he doth bless you and prosper you. And I say unto you, there are not any among you, except you have had except the little children that have not been taught concerning these things. And what knoweth that you are eternally indebted to your heavenly Father, to render all to him that you have nor, and, and also have been taught concerning the records of the prophecies which have been spoken of by the holy prophets, even down to the time of Lehi left Jerusalem, and all that has been spoken by our fathers until now, and behold, all that has been spoken, which have been commandments to them from the Lord, therefore they are just and true. And now I say unto you, my brethren, after you've known and have been taught all these things, if you should transgress and go according to that which has been spoken, That ye do draw yourself away from that Spirit of the Lord, and that ye may have no place in you to guide you in wisdom's path, that ye be blessed and prospered and preserved. I say unto you, that man that doth this, the same cometh out in open rebellion against God, for he listened to the evil spirit and becometh an enemy of God and to all righteousness. Therefore, the Lord has no place in him, and he the Lord dwelleth not in unholy temples. O all ye old men, and also ye young men, and ye little children, who can understand my words, for I have spoken plainly that you may understand. I pray that you should awaken to the awful remembrance of the awful situation of those who have fallen into transgression." The gift of agency is like fire. If properly controlled, it becomes the agency of life. But if improperly used, it becomes the agency of death. To choose right brings exaltation. We literally become sons and daughters of God and enjoy the fullness of His kingdom. Our agency, if improperly used, will deny us all of the blessings of exaltation. Alma declared, For I say unto you that whatsoever is good cometh from God, and whatsoever is evil cometh from the devil. In these two dispensations, we sought to seek after that which is good and wholesome. Our life's plan certainly should be to absorb all the good that we possibly can as we journey through this mortal experience. Search the scriptures daily, for if you search them, you'll find the road to life eternal. The next dispensation is that of Abraham. Few characters have been more prominent in the scriptures than was Abraham. Like Adam, Enoch, and Noah, his divine commission came from the Lord. The Lord declared to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, from thy father's house. And to the land i will show thee and i will make thee a great nation and i will bless thee above measure and make thy name great among all nations and thou shalt be blessed and thy seed after thee that their hands they may bear this ministry and the priesthood unto all nations and i will bless them through thy name For as they receive the gospel, they shall be called after thy name, and shall be accounted thy seed, and shall raise up and bless thee as their father. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee and in thy seed. For I give unto thee the promise that this right shall continue in thee and in thy seed hereafter thee. Shall all the families of the earth be blessed, even with the blessing of the gospel? Which is the blessing of salvation, even life eternal. The Latter-day Saints are a covenanted people. Covenant means a binding and firm agreement between two peoples. In the case of Latter-day Saints, the covenant means an agreement with the Lord, in which we promise, in which we're promised many blessings from him, on condition that we will observe and be obedient to his laws. And his commandments. Our life's plan should include living worthy of making and keeping covenants with the Lord. I think one of the best ways is to live worthy of always being worthy to hold a temple recommend, having that opportunity of sitting in front of priesthood leaders and certify your worthiness to them. Now, following Abraham, we have Moses. He was one of the mightiest men that ever lived. He walked and talked with God. He was chosen to lead and deliver Egypt, Egypt, uh, Israel out of the bondage of Egypt. He was privileged to receive for mankind the great law contained in the Ten Commandments. Moses was taught leadership in a most effective way. To me, leadership demands balance. Our prophet, President Hinckley, has given us priorities that we should allocate to balance our time to achieve our greatest success. What does he say is our first priority? First, we must always give our first priority to our family. That's number one. The second responsibility is to provide for our family through our employment and always be conscious of being faithful to our employer. The family proclamation declares by divine design, fathers are to preside over their family in love and righteousness, and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and the protection of their families. Next comes the opportunity to serve and build our Father in Heaven's kingdom on earth through service in his kingdom in the church. Now the fourth is very interesting to me. President Hinckley said, Time for yourself. Time to study to meditate, to plan and prepare. Every person needs time to prepare themselves to accomplish that which he wants to accomplish. The dispensation of Moses teaches us to follow his example, to follow prophetic leadership, and develop ourselves to be more effective tools in building our Father in Heaven's kingdom here on earth. Now look at those. First. We seek, after, we seek to understand who we are, that we're sons and daughters of eternal Father. After we find out that, then we seek righteousness and refrain from evil. Then we find that we're covenanted people and we follow, make covenants with the Lord. Then with that covenant, we have the responsibility of becoming leaders. See how they follow a natural course, as the Lord, as we study the Scriptures, seems to always teach us such things. And, of course, we have the greatest dispensation, the meridian of time. Jesus Christ, the central figure in our doctrine, as well as in the doctrine of all Christian faiths. He was more than just a sinless, good, and loving being. He was more than just being a teacher. He ministered on earth as a man, yet he was the Son of God. He died, was buried, and arose the third day to make the atoning sacrifice for all mankind, that death would not hold a permanent power for us. Because of that act, all would rejoice and, beca- and enjoy immortality. In Alma, he declares, Yea, thus bringeth about the restoration of all things which is spoken of by the mouths of the prophets. The soul shall be restored to the body, and the body to the soul, and every limb and joint shall be restored to its body. Yea, even a hair of the head shall not be lost, but all things shall be restored to their perfect and proper frame. And now, my son, this is the restoration of which has been spoken of by the mouths of the prophets. And then shall the righteous shine forth in the kingdom of God. What does the Savior teach us? You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Now, I'm before the light of the world today. You have been blessed to receive the Savior's gospel. It's incumbent upon you to let that light so shine before men that they may see your good works and learn more of God's eternal plan. Fundamentally, then, we are knowledgeable of the Lord's words. We've been given that through the ages of time, through His holy prophets. They have guided us into a plan the Lord has established for us. That plan is complete from the beginning of time until we have the opportunity, if we live worthy, of reigning with Him in the eternities to come. To me, the message of past dispensations reminds us that we are sons and daughters of an eternal Father. We have the privilege of communicating with Him and receiving inspiration for our guidance here in probation. Again, the second and third dispensation uh, has us seek after that which is good and refrain from that which is evil. The next dispensation, we learn that we are bound to the Lord in solemn covenant, that He will provide us with eternal blessings according to our worthiness. The Mosaic dispensation teaches us leadership that will benefit us as we go through our mortal life. A dispensation of the fullness of times promises us immortality and eternal life as a gift from the Lord. The Lord never leaves His kingdom without a lawgiver, a leader, to direct His affairs in our, here on earth. We are blessed to live in the dispensation of the fullness of times in which God has set up His kingdom, which is to be an everlasting kingdom and never have an end our generation in the fullness of times has the benefit of all previous dispensations on which we can build our lives as we understand God's dealings with His children here on earth. We live in this remarkable age of this dispensation when the gospel of Jesus Christ has been restored in His fullness. We find ourselves being children of promise, I hope that means you just do not become common, but plan to excel. There is no place in the world for mediocrity. We must strive for perfection. We can only obtain perfection in areas that we seek and move forward to the goals that we've established for our lives. You have a rich heritage. Do not be afraid to act in accordance with gospel principles and enjoy its blessings as you fulfill the full measure of your creation here as a child of God. Listen to what King Benjamin promised us. Moreover, I desire that you should consider the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, both temporal and spiritual. And if you hold out faithful to the end, and are received into heaven, that thereby you may dwell with God in a state of ever, never, thereby you may dwell in God in a state of never-ending happiness. Oh, remember, remember, these things are true, for the Lord God has spoken it. I hope today, as you leave this devotional assembly, you'll spend more time looking at yourselves giving yourself a personal analysis to see how you are planning for your eternal destiny to enjoy the blessings our Father in heaven has promised you. I challenge you that if you do not have a plan, you will not go as far as you should. Make that plan complete in every detail. God will bless you that you may have the desire to go forward and seek your own salvation under the great plan the Lord has given to us. His great plan is for our eternal joy and happiness, which can only be ours if we follow Him as He reigns over us in order that we may enjoy immortality and life eternal. I testify to you that the resurrected Lord is our God. He's the Redeemer of the world. He came to earth and established His gospel here for us, for all to follow that he foreordained Joseph Smith to be a prophet of God, to come in a high and holy calling, to receive revelations from him, to establish his kingdom here on earth, and to hold the keys of this dispensation of the fullness of times. God grant us that that witness may ever burn brightly in our hearts and souls, that we may realize who we are, sons and daughters of an eternal Father. And we have the power to put into a plan of life that will follow His plan that will give us the direction to life eternal. May God bless us that this may be our goal and our plan is my humble prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
0: You've been listening to the Come Follow Me podcast, presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts of recent speeches, classic speeches, and BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage, overcoming adversity, by study and by faith, the prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Go to speeches.byu.edu and click on podcasts for more information.